Life Audio. Faith Over Fear is brought to you by Life Audio and is part of our Faith Toolkit series. For more inspirational, faith-affirming podcasts, visit us at lifeaudio.com. Hello. Welcome to the Faith Over Fear podcast, where we discuss powerful truths to counter anxiety and fear, big and small. At Holy Love Ministries, we are passionate about helping God's children discover, embrace, and experience soul-deep emotional and spiritual freedom, and we want to inspire you to share that freedom with others. We would love to connect with you online. Just visit our show notes to learn about one of our upcoming events, how to book one of our speakers for your next event, or simply how to connect with us. everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in... Anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. I'm Jennifer Slattery, and as a Midwest transplant, I've come to love each of the changing seasons in the physical realm. In the spiritual and emotional realm, however, I would much rather live in spring in a place of newness and growth and abundance, and I tend to feel much less enthused about fall, which my guest, Grace Wabuki-Klein, uses analogously to discuss times of release because letting go can be really painful. It can be unsettling. But Grace encouraged us to honestly acknowledge our sense of loss while cultivating a sense of hope-filled anticipation for the beauty that God will bring from it. Well, Grace, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, Jennifer. This is such an honor. Grace is a gifted speaker and a writer who has experienced God's goodness in the middle of some of her most painful moments. She and her husband, Phil, lead Focus 412, a ministry that helps churches grow. Through this ministry, they have worked with some of the largest and most influential churches across the country. Grace was born in Uganda during the tyrannical reign of Idi Amin, and her family fled to the United States and settled in Minnesota. Grace has a bachelor's degree in U.S. history from the University of California, Berkeley, and earned a master's in intercultural studies from Fuller Theological Seminary. She was on the pastoral leadership team at Faith Church in West Covina, California, for more than 15 years. She had the honor of empowering thousands in their leadership and spiritual growth. Grace and her husband have been married for over five years and reside in Birmingham, Alabama. That's quite a difference from from Southern yes. California, I'm sure. <laughs> yes. Just a little bit. Yes. <laughs> 
So today we're discussing her upcoming release, Flourish, Finding Purpose in the Unknown and Unexpected Seasons of Life. And this guide to living well through all the seasons of life encourages readers to trust God's timing and to hold on to hope in the periods of waiting, assuring us that God has purpose in our darkest and most confusing days. In Flourish, Grace meets the reader in their heartache, disappointment, and pain, and gives encouragement and a fresh perspective on the winter seasons, which is what we're, we're focusing really the winter and fall that we all go through as practical steps, not just to survive, but to find purpose in the unknown and the unexpected. And so Grace discovered there is value and unseen gifts in each season, but only in the hard seasons and storms of life are vital spiritual disciplines developed. So Flourish connects with the reader in the tension and storms of life to bring a word of hope. And I enjoyed your but wow, girl, you have you have experienced some heartache. You have experienced some <laughs> some painful, some really painful circumstances. And you begin your book sharing one of your deepest longing, like your long standing dreams. And that was to get married, right? And to build a family. Mm-hmm. And so what was it about that? I'm sure there was a lot kind of wrapped up into that, but what did you really envision if if you could reach that dream of being a wife and mother what was all entailed in that well jennifer first i have to say thank you so much for that beautiful introduction and summary i mean i I was like i want to take (laughs) (laughs) well you crafted that that was wonderful so yes this book originally came out of you know I, i say it was four years to write it but 48 years to live it wow and really the journey of what the lord has done in my life what he's brought me through the lessons that i've learned as i have leaned into him during really hard times and one of them was this desire that i had ever since i was younger to to be married and have a family. I was blessed to grow up in a, in a wonderful faith-filled home. And I just, I wanted to continue to experience that. Now, when I was in my 20s, it was fine. You know, I was with my single girlfriends. We'd go out and, you know, it just have a fun time. And then late 20s, people started getting married and I'm going to all these weddings. 30s, not only are they getting married, but having kids. And so I'm going to bridal showers, baby showers. And and I was like, Lord, what about me? You know, and I was serving at the time in full-time ministry. And in that situation, you're always officiating weddings and blessing babies and, you know, all these different things that really just like poured salt in the wound. And so I just was like, God, I just, I want to experience all that you have for us. And one of the things is to to have a family, you know, and to share. I wanted to share my life with somebody and have kingdom purpose. I always have believed that God brings two people together, not just, oh, they, they're great, they're talented, they're handsome, but for a purpose. And so I wanted to walk in kingdom purpose. And there just wasn't somebody that I felt like, oh, I could really partner with them. And so I didn't want to just settle because I'd experienced a lot of people who had done that and it didn't end up too well. And I learned early on, it's better to be a happy single than an unhappy married. But there's still the heartache and the longing and the loneliness. And I envisioned 
sharing some, like I love to live my life and adventure and all that. And I wanted to share it with people and uh, with someone special and, and a family. And then there's also the aspect of leaving a legacy. Like I come from an, an African family and I'm very grateful. There's generations before me who grown up in the faith, loved the Lord and have handed that down to me. And I wanted to continue in that. In my family line and culture, I should say, people get married a lot earlier. And so they just didn't know what to do with me. And I just, you know, we just kept praying and trusting God that he did hear the cry of my heart and that he was going to answer. So I would say it was it was that longing and desire to share a life with somebody, live in that kingdom purpose and to leave a legacy. It's what I envision, you know. I think sometimes too in the Christian community we can give this message that you have to have a family and kids to be like right. Like that's this you're this you've reached this spiritual level if you're a mother and and so I think that's yes. The expectation, I'm sure, also oh, felt hard and painful. Don't even get me started. I will say if there's any singles listening right now, you are enough. You are complete. You are whole. You are not less than in any way in the kingdom. You are absolutely right, Jennifer. There is this uh, sometimes unspoken expectation that you have arrived once you're married or you have kids. But I, I was like, my Bible says that Jesus came that we might have life and life abundantly. It doesn't say after you got married or after you have kids, but now. And so I made an intentional decision that I was going to live my life. So I went out and traveled the world and invested in real estate and did all different types of classes, cooking classes, dance classes. I wasn't going to put my life on pause or go into a cave of depression just because the answers to my prayers were not, I wasn't walking in them yet. I was still going to live my life to the fullest, regardless of my relationship status. I think that's really important. I I would love you to repeat that. You, you basically said you, you focused on thriving life where you were at, at that mm -hmm. moment. I think that's, that's super yeah. important, finding joy in where God has us, even if it's not where we had expected or even want to be. Right. You know, there's a famous line from a movie from years ago. I think it was Jerry Maguire, where one of the characters says, you complete me. And it was a beautiful romantic line. But it's not, that's not reality. You are complete now, you know. Yes, it's wonderful to have somebody come along and share a life with them. But don't live your life in a sense where it's not fulfilled or not complete. Live life to the fullest now where you are at. Don't let a, a lack of a spouse or kids or whatever dream you're believing for keep you back or hold you back from living life to the fullest. You have too much to give. Your voice is needed in this world. Well, so I, I got the sense that you that's kind of been your life journey is, is really seeking God's best for you in, in every season. But I would like to know, like in your maybe tired moments, your discouraged yeah. moments, what kind of, of doubts and insecurities rose up during that? I mean, that's a long time, right? Was that 20, 20 Ooh. some years? Like 20 years, I say two decades, 20 long yeah. years. Yeah. Yes. Let's see. So what were some of my longings and doubts during that time? Number one, what is wrong with me? 
What is wrong with me for the love? What is it that I'm not getting or doing that apparently everybody else seems to have grasped? And that can really eat you away if you really start down that, that slippery road. And so for anybody that may be listening and may relate to that, I would just want to encourage you that it's, there's not anything wrong with you, right? It's just that God's timing often differs from our own. And I can now with full confidence assure you that his timing is so much better than our own. There are time after time when I was like, Lord, why are you not answering my prayer? But now in hindsight, Jennifer, I realized he was protecting me. And I'm like, thank God you did not answer that prayer at that point, right? So I recognize that we all go through those doubts and those longings, and that's part of being human. I was wondering not only what what is wrong with me, but, you know, where, God, where are you in all of this? You know, heaven seems silent, so I'm praying and crying out, and I have to trust that he is God. He is still in control. It's not that I, that he isn't happy with me, or I did something wrong, but he is well aware of every situation that we are in. And so if somebody's wondering right now, you know, God, do you see me? I'd say, yes, he sees you. He hears the cry of your heart. He has not forgotten you. That reminds me of one one thing you wrote in your book. You said, long before anyone said anything to you or about you, God said you were his. And I really loved So a lot of the book, you you grounded your identity in, in Christ. And I got the sense that you would have struggled a lot more during each of those seasons. So you do walk us through a lot of seasons. Today, we're focusing on the courage to release. But yeah. You grounded your identity in him. And I wonder if it would have been a lot harder for you to persevere in faith if you hadn't had that secure identity. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. I tell people all the time, the greatest gift I ever received from my parents was that they introduced me to the Lord as a young girl. And for any of you who may be listening that are still seeking and questioning, I just want to assure you it is the best decision. It doesn't mean you won't ever have any trials or heartaches, but it will mean, just like Jennifer was saying, that you will have somebody to turn to in them to receive hope and encouragement and life and to know that you are not alone. And so apart from my parents bringing us over from Uganda to America and opening up so many opportunities for us, this was the greatest one in teaching me how, who the Lord is, how to pray, how to study the word for my own to God and say, God, I'm dealing with this. One of the earliest times I experienced this was in my childhood. I was often teased. Today, we would call it bullied. I was always the only black student in my all white school. And so we, our family experienced a, a lot of heartache and pain from having a brick thrown through our window, tires, car tires slashed. Wow. Um, We went to church one time and were looking for community and was so excited when the pastor asked if he could come and meet with us. And we thought he was coming to get to know us. 
But Jennifer, he was actually asking us to leave because the church was not comfortable with us being there. And so I watched my parents walk through that season in such a way that marked me because they didn't turn around with words of maliciousness. But yes, they were hurting, but they were able to forgive and and release that. And so I learned at a young age that it's by going to God and asking him, help us to forgive, help us to continue to love, that it was modeled to me. And I'm so grateful for that. So that when I experienced it myself at school with kids teasing me and saying, you're not this, or you're never going to amount to this, or you're ugly and teasing me for my my hair and my thick lips. I wish I could go back and tell that young girl, girl, don't worry about it because years down the road, people are going to be paying lots of money to have <laughs> lips as thick as yours. <laughs> oh, God. But, you know, it was in those times that I learned. It was the first time I learned to say, okay, God, this is what these kids are saying about me, but who do you say that I am? And by going into the word, I learned that I'm a child of the king, an heir to the throne, and fearfully and wonderfully made, and more than a conqueror, that greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. I could keep going on. I put some of this on my website, by the way, because some people say, well, Grace, I don't know the Bible well enough to know those scriptures that you're talking about or who I am. And so I put together a resource on there. It's on gratitudewithgrace.com. And it's called the, the lies versus truths, the lies that we often hear said to us or we say about ourselves and the truth of what God says who we are. So that's beautiful. I can go on and on. Yeah, no, I mean, those are good. I mean, and I think like internally we do need to go on and on, right? That yeah. just like yeah. on and on with what God says and with what, what yeah. proclaims yeah. about our souls. And so let's yeah. talk shifting a bit. So I do have to say I, your health challenge. Like just thinking Ugh. of uh, just thinking. Of, so you're you're speaking and you're in doing these things where yeah. the last thing you want to do is have people watch you run to the bathroom. Right. I mean, that that to me seems yeah. like it was it did it kind of induce a bit of shame. OK, so first we got to give some background. Yes, I was, yes. What, what is Jennifer <laughs> talking about? So one of the things I dealt with over the years with fibroids um, growing in my uterus, which are benign tumors. And they can grow to like sometimes the size of like an orange or cantaloupe or larger. And, and you can have numerous fibroids develop. And so when I was in my, let's see, early 30s, I think I had a, a surgery to have them taken out. And then they came back in. And this was when I had started speaking more frequently. And the thing with fibroids is they press on your uterus and your bladder. And so it causes you to constantly have this feeling of having to go to the bathroom and, you know, keeps you up at night. And then as Jennifer was saying, I'd be ready to go up to speak and I'd have to turn the, to the host and say, I have to go to the bathroom. I mean, it was so, I wouldn't say it was shame. It was more so embarrassment, you know, the embarrassment of here they've asked me to minister and I'm trying to run off to use the restroom or shorten the message if it's, you know, in the middle of the message. Wow. Or when I'm traveling, constantly having to, you know, find a bathroom and, you know, uh, I mean, it affects everything. Like I like to go on long runs. You don't know oh, where wow. the bathrooms are going to be. 
And so there was the embarrassment and then the frustration of like, Lord, I'm doing your will. You say the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. You have a laborer <laughs> right here. Why can't you just heal me? You know, just heal this and, and help me to be even more effective. So I'd say it was not so much the shame, but the embarrassment of the situations I'd find myself in and the frustration of God, why aren't you doing anything to resolve this? Did you feel like you had to explain? So like to the host or, I mean, because I would see that is kind of hard to like, do I don't want to go into this big yeah. conversation, but yes. I don't want them. Yeah. I'm just bailing. Yeah. Exactly. I tried to approach that ahead of time and just say, hey, just a heads up. And they were so gracious. They'd be like, okay, let's, I'm, I'm praying and believing with you, you know? And so I just... I got to the point where I realized, okay, maybe my healing is not coming through the miraculous hand of God, but it's th- going to need to be through modern medicine. And and so I did need to have a hysterectomy. And that's before I birthed natural birth children. I'm, I'm blessed to be a stepmom to two beautiful girls by marriage. But I do know that that's one of the things when we talk about release or loss or grieving that I've had a number of women come up to me that have experienced that, having had a hysterectomy and just, you know, on the emotions that go along with that. Yeah. And that reminds me. So in that section of your book, I remember you writing about that, that period. And when you read it, it's like, you know, a few pages, but that probably I imagine there's a lot of wrestling and, and emotion yes. kind of tied up in that. But you emphasize the ability to grieve. And so how does our ability to grieve, maybe giving ourselves permission to, because I think, I think sometimes in the Christian circles, we can, we can kind of numb our emotions by just like, oh, everything's great. God is so good. And we don't really give ourselves times to grieve. And so how can our embracing grief, walking through that and say like, hey, this God, you're still good, but this really hurts. How does that help us to really walk forward with open hands? Oh, I'm so glad that you're bringing that up because it is so important. So often when we talk about grief, people just think after the loss of a loved one. But something like that is a loss, a a dream, a loss of a dream. That is something that needs to be grief, a loss of a a relationship. um, So it's not just somebody passing away. There's a number of different things that people who are listening may be going through right now that you need to go back and say, I I think I really need to grieve this and just allowing yourself the space to do that is so important. I worked with a counselor and he helped me recognize this us grace. It's not just a medical procedure, but you know, for as a woman, the uterus represents the opportunity to bring life into the world and to continue the family heritage. I mean, there's so much wrapped into that. And I know it was hitting my mom really hard, you know. Oh, I bet. And yeah, I can imagine. I just, I'm the oldest and, and, and just, oh. So I was dealing with my emotions and then hers. And I just remember being in the car on the way to the hospital for the procedure so early in the morning and had just been preparing for this emotionally, but still just like the day of, you're like, oh, it's really happening. Lord, is there no other option? And I just said, God, I just need to hear from you. I really need a word. And I just remember, I, I felt like the Holy Spirit just asked me, Grace, when did you give me your life? And I said, Lord, you know, when I was a little girl, you know, um, I've been so grateful to have you in my life. 
And I'll never forget, Jennifer. Oof. It was like, did that include your uterus? And I I sat there in silence and I was like, yes. Yes, Lord, I guess it did. So often in the church when you say, Lord, you have my life, we're, we're thinking like our futures and our dreams and everything. But this was like literally, yeah, he created me and that includes all aspects of me. And so I literally held my hands out like this, just cut them out. And I said, Lord, I give you my uterus. And while this was not what I envisioned for it in this lifetime, I trust that you are going to birth more out of it spiritually than I ever would in the natural. And just such a moment with the Lord of surrender. I'm not saying it was easy, but I had to trust that just like he has a plan for our lives and what we are to do for his glory, that this, that he had a reason for that. And I know I've been able to encourage other women along the, their journeys and believe that he's going to continue to birth other things spiritually through that. But that would not have happened if I had not created that space and invited the Lord into that space, which is so important when we are grieving, saying, Lord, I need you. Help me to see this as you see this. Help me to process through this pain. But it is okay. He gave us those emotions in the first place, you know? So um, letting him be part of that process is so important. Well, I think it's really good that you sought outside help too, like a yeah. perspective of a, of a mental health Absolutely. professional that that's super, Absolutely. super healthy. So how, and so that shows us a bit like how God has met you in your painful experiences, but throughout it all, throughout all of your stories from both when you were a little girl and you were encountering such evil. And then when you had the loss of a dream, you know, this long held dream. And and I remember you said in your book that that at the time it felt like the essence of womanhood, your womanhood. Yeah. So it was a bit of an identity hit, maybe. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, okay, I thought this would part of my purpose here when the Lord says in the be fruitful, multiply. Okay. What does that mean now in this context, you know, and again, turning to him, you know, okay, uh, this is who you created me to be. I, I know I'm created in your image as a child of the King. And, you know, again, it, it was going back to the word. This is what I know to be true. There's a whole lot that doesn't make sense, but let me just start with these foundations and trust that he's going to continue to give me what I need for the next season. That's why so much of this book is tied into trees because they go through a season when a seed is first planted, it they're underground and everything's dark and it doesn't make sense. Then it begins to grow towards the light and begins to develop roots. But so much of that we don't see underground. And so in the same sense, as we're going through things in life, sometimes it just does not make sense in our natural but in the spiritual, just like your beautiful introduction said, that God is doing something. He's developing in us things that could not be developed any other way, and he's transforming us to be more like him. Well, that reminds me of another one of your quotes, something you wrote in your book. Yeah. You wrote, I found being able to let go and release whatever God says creates space for him to do things. So mm-hmm. that I thought was really powerful. And I trying to remember, I think you you talked about like when we don't release that it that can that actually hinder our next steps forward oh absolutely you know you, we see that in nature as well so often people think trees that wind just blows the 
the leaves off trees. But actually, I've studied this and my dad was a scientist, so I can attest to that, that there is actually a hormone that trees trigger their leaves to get ready to be released. In other words, it's intentional. And so we see that trees intentionally release their leaves and we don't see any trees trying to scoop them back up, you know, (laughs) but they intentionally release that because they know that if the leaves stayed on through the winter, it would actually kill them because, I mean, I don't have time to go into all the different scientific reasons, but just you can Google it or read the book to find out more. And so it's so important that we are able to release things. And I found that as we do that, God is able to do so much more when we live open-handed. I have, there's just story after story of that. I will tell you that as I alluded earlier, sometimes it's for our protection. You know, one time the the Lord put on my heart to give the down payment that I had saved for my very first home towards the church because our church was giving a building campaign for a new building. And I gave the Lord all the reasons why that should not be me. (laughs) I was like, there are people who are much wealthier than me. I'm on a minister's salary and I've been saving for years. I'm talking Jennifer living at home in my early 30s, not going out to eat, not shopping. And I had scrounged after years a down payment, I think of like $20,000. And it I felt the Lord give it to the church. And I was like, wow, oh, do you know how long this is going to take to try and wow. save this? I mean, this is trying to buy real estate in California. Right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so I did give the check shakingly to the uh, director of finance. And it didn't make sense to me. But now I can tell you, had I had bought that house at that time, I would have been under, completely under, because it was just before the market crash in 2008. Yeah. And so for those of you who may be listening, sometimes we are called to release things that might actually be God protecting us, you know, and we're fighting it here. And the Lord is trying to say, hey, I have something more for you. If you would just release this, I'll be able to protect you, give you something else that you, you don't even realize that you need. Anyway, I I digress. No, that was awesome. But so, I mean, really, it goes it goes back to just trusting God as our best in mind. Yes, my friend, I can. I just that was one of the key things that I learned. You know, I cried. I'll end with this. I cried out to God for so many years. God, why are you not answering my prayer? Why are you answering everybody else's prayer? Right, and year after year, I heard nothing. Until when I got married, I, and I asked the Lord, why do some people wait two years? And I've waited two decades. Wow. Yeah. And after I got married, I finally heard an answer from the Lord. And he said, Grace, do you want a faith that is two years deep wow. or two decades deep? Wow. And my friends, that is when I got it. There are some things that can only be developed through the trials and heartaches of life, through the releasing of things. I talk about releasing things. Things in your head, your heart, and your hands, the things in your head that are keeping you stuck, the way that we think, the things in our hearts, such as bitterness, unforgiveness, pride, jealousy, comparison, and the things in our hands, like I talked about tithe or the offering, or there's another story in the book about surrendering the things in my household. And just time after time again, I can see that the Lord has been faithful. He's faithful to heal you. He's faithful to help you. And he's faithful to hold you in the times when you're 
prayers are not answered as you expected, but you can trust that he always has something so much better than we could even think or imagine. That's why my trust is strong, Jennifer. My faith is strong through all of those seasons that I went through. Well, that's beautiful. I think that's a, a great place for us to end this conversation is just on really building those roots deep so that we can have that two decade faith so that we're I mean, we're prepared to do whatever he has for yeah. us in the future and to receive whatever he has for us in the future. Well, thank you so much for this conversation. Thank you, Jennifer. It's been such an honor. Thank you for all of you who are listening. Such a joy with you to be with you today. To our listeners, I want to thank you for listening. If you haven't already done so, I encourage you to subscribe to this podcast and then you won't miss a single episode. And we would love it if you would rate it. That encourages our team and it helps others to find it as well. Until next time, may you live as one who truly has been set free. Faith Over Fear is a production of Life Audio and Salem Media. If you liked what you heard today, please take a second to rate and review this podcast in your favorite podcast app so that more listeners like you can find the show. For more faith-filled, inspirational podcasts, visit us at lifeaudio.com. And one by one, I watched my dear friends get engaged, get married, start having children. And especially as a woman, I felt like there was a certain timeline that these things needed to happen in my life. Charity Gale shares a personal testimony on The Walk, a podcast for worshipers. Join us weekly to hear songwriters, worship leaders, filmmakers, and other creatives tell their stories in the form of a devotional. The Walk can be found on lifeaudio.com or your favorite podcast platform.